0: Welcome to the fifth episode of Office Hours AMA, Definer's bi-weekly AMA show featuring our head of smart contracts, Jitendra Chitoda. On this episode, we discuss Jitendra's extensive experience in cryptocurrency, his instrumental role in the development of the Ave Protocol, and his work bringing Definer 2.0 to life. Thanks for watching and don't forget to subscribe. Hello, DeTendra. welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining this Office Hours. We're really excited to have you. Uh, We usually start this off by sort of um, getting uh, you, you know, familiar with us. If you could give us a little bit of background information about you and your experience and uh, kind of your work uh, in smart contracts, that would be great.
1: Yeah. So, uh, first of all, thanks, uh, Adam, for having me here. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of the smart contract and the blockchain ecospace, now, it's a sort of a long journey. Mm-hmm. So, I started back uh, in uh, 2010, looking at the Bitcoin. Really? Um, it's like, uh, at the time, like, it it was, I just saw that, in a, in some sort of a news, whether this could be a new currency or the new new value system or something like that. I didn't even remember that today, but at that time, like I looked into it and thought about it a lot. And then I did a, some sort of a study at that time for a day or so, and then I left it. Mm-hmm. And then again, uh, th- this thing came up in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it and you know left it, uh, but I really picked it up in 2015. So the, in terms of the background, like uh, I had been coding uh, since, 1997, but professionally I have been coding, uh, you know, for, uh, since 2006. Wow. So uh, I I was, you know, intrigued about this technology. I started learning about that, and that time I I first saw the uh, Bitcoin it came uh, into uh, in detail. So that actually, because as my my background is you know into programming, so that's how I started looking into this uh, blockchain space.
0: Mm -hmm. What was the first language you learned to uh, code in?
1: Oh, uh, back in 1997, I think it was C. Okay. And then, uh, uh, you know, C++, then uh, Visual Basic, then, java
0: and whatnot a lot of languages huh yeah uh can you tell me about your first job in the cryptocurrency space what was it what did you do
1: oh yeah so you know uh before even uh, you know working on this space uh and uh, specifically in the block into the blockchain space i was uh you know uh, as I told you, like in 2015, I started looking into that. And in um, 2016, I started learning about the Solidity, Ethereum, space And then um, I started giving talks to multiple meetups. Um, just I wanted to share the knowledge, like uh, how the, this tech, new technology is going to change the world. And even at that time, I was working in a fintech domain company. So mm-hmm. there I also presented... Uh, uh, the bitcoin and ethereum like smart contracts like how this thing will gonna change the fintech eco- ecospace as well so that's how you know uh s- slowly i got connected with the, the like-minded people mm-hmm. and then somebody told me okay uh, there is a project they are looking for some sort of a security audit uh, for their ico smart contract back mm-hmm. in the days like uh, in 2007 it was the ICO era. Yeah. so uh, it was eplan so they were you know looking for the some sort of a security audit for their ico smart contract mm-hmm. and i said okay yeah i'll do that and then um, over the night i prepared the the security audit uh, you know document and sh- shared it with the uh, the team and then uh, uh, the next day they they actually offered me the advisor technical advisor role uh, for eplan and when they completed uh, their ICO, successful ICO, uh, back in uh, November or December 2017, mm-hmm. uh, just after that, uh, they, uh, the, Stanley, uh, the founder of the, uh, the uh, you know, Eastland and Ave, he offered me uh, the um, blockchain architect position for that. So I was, since then, I have been into the blockchain ecosystem full time.
0: Yeah, yeah, could you tell us a little bit more about Ethland, uh, Ethland and Ave? Like you were sort of a, a, a important uh, component to that whole uh, ecosystem. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience there a little bit more?
1: Yeah, so uh, at that time when I joined Ethland, uh, they have, uh, you know, uh, did some POC for that. Uh, there was, they were, uh, they already have some sort of thing, uh, a very beta version of that is ready. And when I joined after that, we actually created uh, the next version of that product, like uh, what we have committed in the ICO. So that we, you know, uh, developed the P2P lending platform. It was the very first, uh, one of the first uh, P2P lending platform at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was like the uh, uh, one hand uh, there is a borrower and the other hand uh, there is a lender. So uh, they both got connected on our platform and, you know, they can, uh, uh, share uh, their uh, you know uh, what do you say the funds and you know uh, the borrowers can borrow the money so that was the very uh, basic thing and then uh, we <clears throat> walked on to the next version of it uh, where we uh, think that okay the the bitcoin has a lot of potential and the, the most of the liquidity is locked there into the bitcoin so we started integrating that uh, uh, you know uh, Bitcoin ecos- ecosystem as well to the smart contract. So mm-hmm. uh, till that time, uh, like uh, Aave was uh, not, uh, like Ethernet was not rebranded to Aave at that time. So uh, till that time, I have was uh, working with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: How was it, how difficult was it to, you know, it, it seems like uh, when you guys were creating it, something like that hadn't been created before. Was it a very difficult sort of uh, technical feat to overcome while you were doing it?
1: Absolutely. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is like, uh, that was, uh, I would say, a uh, financial technology innovation that we did. Yeah, yeah. And to explain it to somebody else, that per- if that person is not into the fintech domain, it's very, very difficult for him to explain. Yeah. And if you think about like the, the cryptocurrency and all those things, uh, were not that, uh, like there's only new niche people uh, were playing around with the cryptocurrencies at that time, and only with the Bitcoin, not even the Ethereum at yeah. that time. Like I- Ethereum got up uh, uh, to the speed after this uh, ICO era. So, it was some sort of a very difficult at that time because, but the idea was completely new. Mm-hmm. We knew that this is possible. And uh, now we have uh, many other lending platforms like uh, the Compound, Aave, MakerDAO. So yeah, that's anyway going to go up.
0: Yeah, you you guys were trailblazers for sure. Uh, you guys were creating <laughs> some significant stuff that really sort of uh, play a, a huge role in DeFi today. So. Uh, Thank you for creating that, I suppose. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so you're you're now at Definer, you're the head of smart contracts. Um, can you tell us more about smart contracts, how they're essential to a protocols design, uh, designing uh, decentralized apps and that kind of things. Can you get into sort of the importance of smart contracts and give us a little bit more uh, insight into them for non-technical people, I suppose?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I had been uh, into this uh, software development ecosystem since uh, more than a decade, and the smart contracts are completely a new piece of technology, which was not existed before. Like, for an example, if you take a piece of software, you can just deploy it, uh, copy it anywhere. Yeah. Also, you can you know uh, change it, modify it, upgrade it. So it was all sort of things were there but in terms of the smart contract that's a new technology where the the one of the most important property of the smart contract is immutability like once the contract is deployed then it cannot be changed yeah that's the beauty of it and i i feel like the that is the the best uh, property of the smart contract that is making the smart contract uh, something really different and new mm-hmm. and because of that it uh, you know because of this immutability we can you know create some laws like we we say that okay smart contract is a law once it is deploy, deployed so that's how it is like uh, it's very different from the traditional software applications so in terms of the um, you know the other ecosystems and you know the dapps it is for sure um, a required, you know, a piece of module um, where you need some sort of immutability. Right. So that is uh, the the power of a smart contract.
0: And in going further with smart contracts, do you feel that it um, it it'll become sort of an essential design element or? Uh, Backbone to sort of the future of Fintech and web
1: 3.0?: Yeah, for sure. like um, you know um, as of now it's still um, this blockchain is this ecosystem, uh, smart contract, and these are still a niche technology. Mm-hmm. Only um, few people are actually using it, and few people will know the potential of it. Just think about it like an uh, internet. When the internet started, we we used to have a dial-up, dial-up mode. It has a very pretty tune. Like I miss that sort of tune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So I miss that a lot. <laughs> then, <laughs> for that, um, you know, uh, the internet was very, very slow at the time. and uh, back in the end of the days of 2000, uh, you know, 1997, as I told you, we were using emails and we used to tell to other people, look, hey guys, we are using emails. They said, we don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the difference. Like uh, it's still, uh, there's a, uh, like it's a new technology. There's still a lot of things uh, needs to happen for that technology. I think, mean, if I predict something like there seems to be there we need some sort of a one trigger one application that will be used by each and every person in the whole world that would trigger the blockchain technology to the highest peak and that we need because email uh, I say like now it's like um, every conversation that you have on the email is just like um, you're officially talking to somebody else yeah. on email so So that is missing. I think it would take around more, uh, five to seven more years to come to that stage. But yeah, future is of the smart contract and the blockchain co-space. And uh, uh, the, uh, you know, we have already started seeing like uh, it has already changed the way uh, for the lending and uh, the DEXs, the DEXs are the going to be the next future. Like as of now, we still uh, using the centralized exchanges but uh, the future is the decentralized exchanges. So there are a lot many other FinTech uh, products that needs to be converted and bring uh, to the blockchain ecosystem.
0: I just have a fun question for you. If you were to speculate what that killer application or what that future sort of email sort of thing, what would you speculate? I know it may not come, become to uh, to fruition, but if you were to think about it a little bit, have you thought about it? maybe I mean if you haven't, that's different
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, really different uh, It's a hard uh, question um, I know I, I don't know what hard <laughs> but yeah if I think about it like because uh, you know what is bringing uh, people to this eco space is cryptocurrencies as of now? they just see the value, like, okay, the value of the cryptocurrency is so volatile, they can earn so much money in, in a short span of time. Mm-hmm. So that is bringing the new people, but still like, I think the, we need some sort of uh, the bank, like uh, we already have like the compound in our way and other like uh, our definer. Also, we have the savings for us. So for that, uh, I think, uh, the only question is like how we will bring the new or more new people and traditional uh, uh, people to the ecosystem, mm-hmm. and earning more interest, uh, you know, from your traditional bank uh, interest that they are providing. That should be, uh, I think, uh, the the killing killer uh, app where people can you know quickly just uh, by uh, clicking on a button or paying it with a credit card and you know start earning the interest more than their uh, bank is giving them i think that would be the the big thing
0: yeah i saw like compound treasury just came out it's kind of like they're trying to integrate more uh like multi-sig sort of interesting uh things (laughs) and integrations into different like wall street firms and stuff so i think you might be right on that so that's, that's definitely interesting um if we could change the, the, uh, the conversation here a little bit more to Definer and yeah. uh, Definer 2.0. Um, you're, you certainly have become an integral part of that development. Um, can you tell us a little bit more uh, about Definer 2.0 and maybe um, like your work on it, maybe a little bit more details on it so people can kind of maybe better understand it and uh, how it will how benefit them?
1: Yeah, so in Definer 2.0, what we are, uh, you know, targeting like we um, they, they are trying to solve a problem because if you look at the the existing lending uh, solutions, um, they have a limited set of uh, uh, tokens those are listed on their platform. So what we are going to do is like we are going to create uh, some sort of a permissionless pools where mm-hmm. anybody can create their, you know, pool. Uh, uh, our smart contract will spawn a new sort of pool uh, for each of them, and they can, you know, um, uh, deposit their tokens and you know create a pair or something like that. So where they can deposit their uh, newly uh, created uh, minted tokens, and on top of it, they can you know borrow some money uh, from the from the lenders. So that's uh, one piece of it, and um, the uh, we we also call, uh, calling it like uh, initial loan offering offering uh, that is ilo and um, certainly this uh, thing will go uh, uh, to the uh, to the our dao system um, in future where the whole um, the the protocol will be governed by our dao token uh, the fin token and apart from that also we are going to, uh, to target the, the privacy like how we can you know um, make the transactions private so that uh, the information should not be uh, made public. So that's uh, in, in, a, in a nutshell, uh, what we are trying to achieve uh, into the Definer 2.0. Yeah. Um, can
0: you tell us more about what you feel are sort of the most important upgrades to
1: our protocol? Yeah, so in 2.0, yeah, um, I think the, the the best part of that uh, would be, you know to create a, the permissionless pool they're using the smart contract factory uh, because um, uh, for that it's like uh, a, a contract can create a more uh, child contracts for them. So it's a sort of a new thing. Um, yeah, not many of the project other projects are actually doing it, uh, but yeah, certainly we are going to do that, and that too uh, with the less uh, amount of gas consumption that uh, we are try, trying to achieve. Yeah. Um.
0: We had a, um, internally, we had a sort of a, a diagram that you were explaining to the rest of us. Could you kind of maybe help us sort of, um, maybe uh, ex- explain how that might work, um, the design of things?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, we actually presented the the smart contract factory uh, that we are going to uh, use it uh, for our pool factory. So we'll call it a uh, pool factory contract. So mm-hmm. using that pool factory contract, anybody uh, who wants to create a new pool uh, on the the Definer 2.0, they can just create create it uh, with a one uh, click. And for them, uh, there will be a, a completely fresh new pool will be deployed, and they can you know deposit and you know uh, uh, get the lenders uh, onboarded on that uh, pool. Mm-hmm. So the idea. Uh, behind that is, uh, in terms of the uh, the technical things, uh, we are using um, this is called the beacon proxy. So that's a new uh, sort of a proxy pattern uh, that uh, we are using uh, from the Open Zeppelin. So that allows us to, you know, deploy the implementation contracts, and uh, we have the beacon uh, upgradable beacons uh, where we keep the implementation. Uh, addresses there Mm -hmm. and using that beacon we can create a new beacon proxies so in our pool factory we can just create a new uh, beacon uh, proxies and that proxy uh, code is not uh, uh, that high in terms of gas usage that's a very small uh, piece of code so deploying that takes a very small amount of gas but Uh, if we talk about the functionality that uh, a small piece of code can handle the very big functionalities like the whatever the implementation that we have attached it to Mm -hmm. and the best part is um, let's say we have uh, created uh, 500 uh, uh, pools many of the people many of the pool creators came on our platform they all created um, 500 pools Um, so Now, the the question is like, if we want to upgrade all the 500 pools, how we can do that? So for that, we have been using this uh, uh, beacon proxy and the upgradable beacon, uh, you know, architecture where we just need to update or to say like, upgrade the implementation contract. And instantly, uh, all the 500 will be upgraded instantly. Like we don't need to upgrade each and every one. So that's the beauty of the the, uh, the pattern uh, that we have, uh, and that's what uh, I was explaining uh, into our previous meetings.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and to give you a sort of a, a final question. Um, you know, you started back in 95 and in the early days of email. If if a young person is interested in uh, getting in a career in blockchain development, smart contracts, solidity, um, what would you give them as a, a sort of a piece of advice for how to get started doing that? Or what's the best way of learning or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I can, Uh, tell my story, like how I started uh, learning about the Ethereum and all this stuff. So first, like, uh, I got interested about this uh, uh, ecosystem and then uh, found the Ethereum and then I started looking into the Solidity. And the best part I found about the Solidity is like uh, I have been coming from the Java uh, language background. So it was very, very easy for me to understand the Solidity syntaxes and, you know, uh, look into that. So that's how I started learning and I started looking into the, the documents uh, uh, of the of the Solidity language and started creating uh, the sample uh, code. And uh, <clears throat> then, uh, uh, you know, um, I started giving the presentations. Mm-hmm. So the, the way I look at, uh, you know, giving the presentation is like, uh, it's a push thing, right? Like, uh, you want to give some presentation, <laughs> you have to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To get it, you know, uh, to get it ready, you you need to learn something, and then only you can give the presentations. So that's what uh, I did uh, to myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, later, um, to to simplify the stuff, like uh, I I wrote a book also uh, that's uh, published and available available on Amazon. Yeah, and uh, that is called uh, Blockchain Programming uh, with Solidity. So. -hmm that's the, the the mastering blockchain programming with solidity mm-hmm. so that's the the book uh that is available uh on amazon uh so it's like uh, uh anybody who is a professional who wants to you know learn about the smart contracts ethereum ecosystem solidity mm-hmm. you can just jump on to you know uh, reading that book although sorry <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll we'll link it in the description. Uh it's definitely a great book. Thanks. i to look at it. So yeah, it's uh we're we're uh having you at Definer uh Jatendra is is definitely uh something that we're all very excited about and uh you're doing great things here. So we do yeah, appreciate that.
1: <laughs>
0: Thanks. Uh, <laughs> But uh, thank you for taking for the time uh, taking the time sitting down with me answering my questions and uh, letting us know more about your background with ave uh, with definer 2.0 and all your experience and email and all that kind of stuff and uh, but I appreciate it thank you for taking the time thanks a lot yeah Thanks, Adore.